Pro Group Management. Workers' Comp that works for you. Welcome to Nevada Newsmakers. I'm Paul Enos, CEO of the Nevada Trucking Association, filling in for Sam Shad. Today, we are going to be talking climate change, uncertainty, and risk with Dr. Judith Curry. That's next on an all-new Nevada Newsmakers. The Nevada Builders Alliance has been protecting the interests of the construction industry for over 50 years. Our programs save members thousands of dollars every year and allow them to provide much-needed benefits to their employees. Our industry also allows Nevada to grow. If you're thinking about a career in the construction industry, reach out. And if you haven't thought of a career in construction, what are you waiting for? We are the Nevada Builders Alliance. What do you count on? You count on your power every day. At NV Energy, we've always powered what's important to you, but we're not looking at the past. We're focused on the future. While our standards are high, our rates will remain low. And our commitment to renewables isn't just meeting standards, but leading the way. Because you can count on more than just your power. You can count on the company who brings it to you. That's our promise. You can count on it. Early in the morning or throughout the night, professional truck drivers are on the job, serving you safely moving freight that's crucial to our economy. From the oldest industries to our newest innovators, from the exotic to the everyday, trucks are everywhere moving everything. Never afraid to embrace a future that makes Nevada and our nation stronger. Trucking moves America forward. Pro Group Management offers workers' comp services to a growing number of industries. As businesses grow and change with the times, the need for a solid workers' comp program must be flexible and up-to-date. The evolving nature of regulations can make staying ahead of complex tasks challenging. But ProGroup Management simplifies the work so your industry can move forward and succeed. ProGroup Management. Workers' comp that works for you. This is Nevada Newsmakers with host Sam Shad, a no-holds-barred political forum. Now, from the Nevada Newsmakers broadcast headquarters, here is Sam Shad. Welcome back to Nevada Newsmakers. We are here with Dr. Judith Curry, who is a resident of the Silver State and one of the preeminent experts on Twitter, online, and actually um, in academia as well. Um, she was the chair of the Earth and Atmospheric Science at Georgia Tech, which is, you know, fairly reputable institution. Um, Dr. Curry, welcome. Thank you for coming on today. Okay. Well, thanks for inviting me. Oh, it's great to have you here. So your book, um, Climate Risk and Uncertainty, um, talks about a search for wisdom, you know, in this area. And to me, it seems like there isn't a lot of wisdom out there. Well, what, what passes for climate science is, is really <laughs> very political. I mean, the policy cart has been way out in front of the scientific horse from the very beginning on this issue. And what the public is exposed to in the media is really carefully crafted spin that has become increasingly divorced from you know, our foundational understanding in science. Well, even when you look at some of the things like the International Panel on Climate Change, when you look at what they say in the actual report versus what is covered, 
Where do we see that disconnect? Okay, well, well first you have the, the, the fundamental scientific research. The IPCC cherry picks that a bit, you know, to develop a narrative. But the overall, the, the text of the report isn't too bad. But once you get to the summary for policymakers, which is what most people, it's the only thing they read, this is very cherry-picked and politically spun. But even that isn't too terrible. Then you have what the UN officials, like the Secretary General and whatever, have to say, which is complete craziness. This is when you get the code red, highway to hell, all of this kind of rhetoric. And then it gets further amplified in the media. So what you end up with is something that's pretty far removed from the fundamental scientific research. So it seems like we're also <clears throat> not credentialing the right people to, to talk about this. You know, everybody from Greta Thunberg to Bill Nye the science guy, you know, are, are climate experts. Well, you know, hardcore scientists, you know, just want to be left alone to figure things out. I mean, <laughs> you know, that's what most of them want. A few of them have a political activist streak in them and, you know, become public communicators on this. But unfortunately, those people have been, you know, all on one pushing the alarmist side of this whole thing. There's a great deal of uncertainty and scientists disagree about a lot of things, but you would never I mean, that's believe science, that. science, right? That's, that's the scientific method. Yeah, and climate science is really a very young field. It's hugely complex, deep uncertainties. I mean, there's a whole lot that we don't know and can't know, but nevertheless, you are fed, you know, this stuff like it was, you know, written in stone on Mount Sinai or something, you know. Um, it, it's, it's way outstripped, the scientific basis. So let's talk about, you know, the things that we do know. You know, we do know that, yes, the Earth has been getting hotter over the last, what, 150 years or so. Mm -hmm. We know that um, mankind has burned more fossil fuels, you know, in that period, probably than we've ever burned, you know, before. Um, those are some of the things we know. What are the what are the unknowns out there? Well, I mean, the most consequential things are really unknown. We don't understand to what extent the recent warming has been caused by humans versus natural causes. We don't know how the climate of the 21st century is going to play out. Deep uncertainties there. And there is widespread disagreement about whether warming is dangerous or beneficial. It depends on who you ask, you know, which location, you know, which sector. Well, the 10-year-old in me, you know, would yeah. say, you know, from observing as a little kid that um, warmer is better. We can grow more. You know, that's, we, we tend not to garden. We don't grow carrots and tomatoes in the wintertime. You know, so I would think for humankind, warming is better than cooling. Well, you know, just look at the demographics in the U.S. People are leaving states like New York and Illinois and moving to Texas and Florida and Arizona. People don't like cold winters. Um, also, I mean, in looking at geologic history, they refer to warm period as optimums, climate optimums, you know, when ecosystems and species thrive. Now we think it's somehow dangerous. 
Um, the planet is greening since we've had global satellite data since about 1980. I mean, the planet has greened substantially because of more CO2, warmer temperatures, and more rainfall. I mean, I think that's a good thing. So this whole argument that warming is dangerous is the weakest part of the whole argument, in my opinion. Let's talk about some of the, you know, to me, climate change is, hey, something that is inevitable. I mean, that's what climate does. It changes. You can look, you know, throughout the geolog ge geological history of our planet, and it's been through a tremendous amount of change. Um, so that part's inevitable, but it seems like our reaction to it is where I think we run the risk of not only hurting people, but the environment. Oh yeah, I mean, the, the cure that's being put forward to this rapid transition away from fossil fuels in favor of wind and solar and electrify everything, um, so far it looks like the proposed cure is far worse than the alleged disease, <laughs> you know, of warming. Um, so, I mean, they, they don't have good solutions. Sure, I mean, why not, you know, work to transition to cleaner fuels and things that minimize land use and things like that over the course of the 21st century. But the urgency with, what, with which they're trying to accomplish this and with really unsuitable technologies like wind and solar is just a fundamentally bad idea. I mean, the bigger issue, I mean, apart from more expensive and less reliable energy is land use issues. It's not that people don't like to look at wind turbines and solar panels, but they, they cover up a lot of land. Farmers don't want them on their property. They actually change the microclimate. They, they make, they dry out the soil because of the, the extra winds, and they also increase the nighttime temperatures, which isn't always a good thing for the crops. So, I mean, there's all sorts of unanticipated adverse consequence associated with this rapid transition to wind and solar. All right, we are here with Dr. Judith Curry. We are talking climate science on Nevada Newsmakers. We'll be right back. Like a traditional handmade basket, retail is woven into the fabric of life in Nevada. From big box to mom and pop, retail supports our communities in countless ways. Jobs for the disabled, team uniforms for kids, help for the elderly, and so much more. Retail employs over one in 10 workers. Retail supports Nevada, and we support retail. R-A-N-N-V dot org. Big R is Northern Nevada's number one golden fire wood pellet supplier. More heat, less ash, 100% natural, and no additives. And there's only one place that stocks this many wood pellets, and that's Big R in Sparks, Winnemucca, Fallon, Fernley, and Lovelock. A river of wood pellets at Big R. Save money and take transit. Did you know you can ride the bus all day for less than what it would cost you for a gallon of gas? Plan your trip now by going to rtcwashoe.com.
As you know, Reno is booming. Toll's development company is helping it grow with insightful design and development, building community with every project, adding beauty, adding excitement, emphasizing our shared humanity. Reno is becoming bigger. Toll's development is helping it become better, more livable, more enjoyable. To learn more, go to tollsdevelopment.com. Tollsdevelopment.com. This is Nevada Newsmakers. Welcome back to Nevada Newsmakers. We're here with Dr. Judith Curry, the author of Climate Uncertainty and Risk. She is a bona fide client climate scientist, Dr. Curry. Um, we're talking about you know, reaction and things like, you know, wind and solar and the changing of microclimates. You know, we've seen, you know, especially up in the Northeast, um, a number of whales that have died from putting windmills out. Um, you know, what do you think our reaction by moving to these different types of energy sources is doing to, you know, we talk about the microclimates, doing to the environment. Well, I'm all in favor of some alternative energy sources. I'm a big fan of nuclear, especially the next generation nuclear. Geothermal, advanced geothermal technologies are very exciting and it's a great solution for the Western US. We have a lot of potential geothermal energy here. But wind and solar, okay, I think there is a future for rooftop solar, but large scale wind and solar farms, um, first they're an ecological disaster. They have a huge land footprint. They require extensive networks of transmission lines. They're Which is made from materials we oh mine. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and the, the biggest issue is the intermittency and the asynchronicity of the energy that's supplied. I mean, the wind doesn't always blow, the sun doesn't always shine. And you, in, in the power system, the transmission, you need to maintain the inertia. And it needs to keep going at all time. You know, if you can't maintain inertia, your system is going to collapse. And so it's, it adds all sorts of risks into your transmission system using wind and solar. And it's very challenging for grid operators to manage all that. Like in China, they've installed an insane amount of wind and solar power, but they're not generating electricity from it because the grid operators you know, just say, oh, okay, the situation's too complex. We'll just curtail the wind and solar. We're not using it because it just adds too much complexity into their grid operations. You know, when you talk about complexity, one of the points you make in your book that when we look at climate, uh, a lot of people like to oversimplify it, you know, both the problem and the solutions. And you say they're looking at it like a physics or a chemistry lab experiment as opposed to a system that has the complexity of something that's biological or even economic. Well, it, it's, it's way more complex than biologic systems and economic, you know, societal and economic systems. I mean, when you think about it, it it's you know, the whole planet. So it, it's exceedingly complex. And our understanding is not in a very advanced stage, contrary to what you hear from proclamations from the UN. There's a great deal that we don't know and even more that we can't know. A lot of climate variability and change is simply unpredictable. So, I mean, we're dealing with this system 
that's very difficult to understand and predict. And, but you're fed this simple story of this carbon dioxide control knob. That's all you have to do to get rid of bad weather is to stop burning fossil fuels. I don't think so. Well, you know, hey, look, we live here in Reno, Nevada, and I think this was the first summer in like half a dozen where I could actually breathe in September, you know, where there wasn't, the, the valley wasn't just um, covered in smoke from uh, wildfires. How much of the CO2 comes from natural sources? Well, oh, oh yeah, the um, huge fires in Canada this past summer, and they emitted an enormous amount of carbon dioxide from all that burning wood. So forest fires themselves um, do put carbon dioxide back into the atmosphere, also volcanoes, and there's also natural cycles in vegetation and the oceans that take up and release carbon dioxide. So there's a very complicated natural carbon cycle in addition to the relatively small perturbation that humans have added to that. And I've heard a number like 4% might be man-made. Um, yeah, something like that, but they claim that's the part that's out of balance. You know, but it, this is another thing that we don't understand sufficiently well, the Earth's carbon cycle. So, you know, that, that is interesting to talk about. You know, I was talking to somebody the other day about the life cycle of water, you know, how it rains, how it goes back up into the sky. I mean, once again, that's something that I think we learn in, at least I did, second or, or third grade. But when we talk about this stuff, it seems like there is a misunderstanding of how these cycles work. So, you know, talking about the carbon cycle, I mean, you have some that, what gets absorbed in space, some that goes into the ocean. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's very complex. And, you know, we have qualitative understanding of a lot of it, but our quantitative understanding, our ability to predict what's going to happen is really in its infancy. All right, we're here with Dr. Judith Curry, who is a scientist. Um, we're talking about climate change on Nevada Newsmakers. Remember 2010 in Northern Nevada, 13 to 14% unemployment? thousands of homes in foreclosure, Nevada's casinos closing, families in the Reno Sparks area were hurting, many were losing everything. Then Story County launched a game changer for our region, a public-private industrial partnership, streamlined permitting slash bureaucracy, attracting Fortune 500 companies that made Nevada their home. Story County generated a river of cash to area communities. Economic studies by the state and others for the Gigafactory consistently show positive economic benefits for our region. Four billion in local wages, 17 billion in consumer spending and economic activity, over $100 million in taxes to Washoe, Story, Reno, Sparks, and Nevada, just for the Gigafactory alone. Story County, improving Northern Nevada one industry at a time. It's a good time to eat. It's a good time to play. It's a good time to win. Southwest Specialties has been making the homes and businesses of Nevada beautiful for more than 20 years. Their experienced designers and craftsmen create the walkways, backyards, water features, and a variety of outdoor cooking areas that add curb appeal and value to your investment. Call today or visit them at their website and see how they can make your outdoor spaces special. 
Southwest Specialties, creative, distinctive, beautiful. For 50 years, Nevada Heating has been keeping people comfortable in their homes. At Nevada Heating, call the Do It Right guys and get the heat back on today. Call us today and we'll fix it today. That's the Nevada Heating way. Why freeze for days on end when Nevada Heating can get your furnace fixed today? Call us today and we'll fix it today at 323-5585 or schedule us on our website at nevadaheating.com. This is Nevada Newsmakers. Welcome back to Nevada Newsmakers. We are here with Dr. Judith Curry, who is a climate scientist, who is the author of Climate Uncertainty and Risk. Um, what was the reaction from your colleagues in academia when you started to speak out against the kind of the conventional wisdom narrative that we hear in the media? Well, they were basically horrified. I mean, I, I broke the thought wall. You know, everybody was expected <laughs> to speak with one voice. They, they'd worked, you know, the grand poobahs, you know, of climate science had worked for 20 years to develop this inviolable consensus surrounding climate change. And, you know, I challenged it and I said, no, you're not paying attention to uncertainty. Um, there's too much political activism here. You're insulting and canceling anybody who disagrees with you rather than respectfully, you know, listening to them and trying to understand whether or not they actually have a point. What, what do you think their, their motives are? I mean, the, the worst part of me thinks that they're Malthusians who want to have fewer people on the world. Oh, that, that's a big part of it. It's, it's just their mindset, you know, that, that, you know, humans are a blight on the planet and, you know, the earth and the environment is fragile. So there's a certain element of that worldview that happens to be very pervasive amongst climate scientists, I guess. They're attracted to the field if they have that outlook. But it's really more about careerism, prestige, um, political power, having a seat at the important tables. I mean, the, the biggest alarmists, um, they win million dollar, you know, awards from these big foundations and they get to be directors of these big centers that are financed by billionaire activists and on and on it goes. So there's lots of rewards for people who are sounding the alarm. It's a combination of personal conviction, the Malthusian kind of mindset, along with um, the desire for prestige, influence, and career advancement. You know, there's this notion that we had perfect weather at one time. You know, the pre-industrial was the, the perfect weather, and you call it, or it's called the, what, the Goldilocks scenario, or the Goldilocks <laughs> complex. Explain that to our uh, viewers and listeners. Okay, when you hear about the two degree limit or the 1.5 degree limit, this is all reference to the pre-industrial period, or more specifically to the late 1800s. And the implication was that that was some sort of Goldilocks climate. Well, the 1970s were probably the worst decade for humans. I mean, the 1870s were probably the worst decade for humans in several hundred years. Um, El Nino, you know, droughts, monsoon failures, the whole works. I mean, you know, millions and millions of people died, and this is when the population of the planet was much smaller. I mean, it was huge, hugely horrible period. And the 1880s weren't a lot better. They had a massive volcanic eruption, Krakatoa, 
you know, which messed up the agriculture for years. So the 1870s and 1880s were far worse than anything we've experienced in the 21st century. So, you know, how we came to think that burning fossil fuels causes bad weather, you know, is just <laughs> an well, absolute I, mystery. I mean, I think about um, what brought my great-grandparents to Nevada who were leaving from Missouri where there was a drought and a dust bowl in the 1930s, had a mm -hmm. breakdown in Elko of all places. Um, it seems like there is a little bit of a lack of acknowledgement of some of that historical science that we know about. Okay, the worst weather in the U.S. was the 1930s, hands down. This would be when your parents, I guess, landed in Elko. I mean, the worst heat waves, the worst droughts, the worst forest fires, even the worst U.S. landfalling hurricanes all happened in the 1930s. All of that is seems to be conveniently forgotten as we blame bad weather on a little bit of CO2-driven warming. And we talk about how much more costly it is in damage, which kind of makes sense when you think about the greater number of people, the greater investment that has happened okay. in those areas. When you scale lives lost or damage by GDP or by population, there's actually been declining trends. Okay, we're getting better at, we have more robust infrastructure, we're getting better at warning people so they keep safe. And, you know, the, the scaled losses and lives, you know, property losses and lives loss are actually declining over the past 50-ish years. Which is good news. Good news. So, Dr. Curry, if people want to learn more, where can they find you? Because you do have a presence uh, online where I found you. Okay, well, I have a blog, um, Climate Etc. You can find it at judithcurry.com. If you're on Twitter, my handle is at CurryJA. My company is Climate Forecast Applications Network, and my book is Climate Uncertainty and Risk. And you can find that on Amazon and bookstores. All right, hey, Dr. Curry, I really appreciated having you on today. Love to have you back to bring some wisdom to, uh, to this conversation. Oh, well, thank you, this was fun. Thank you very much. We'll be right back on Nevada Newsmakers. Imagine a magical garden that feeds Carson City's hungry and homeless, teaches our high school students agriculture, creates hanging floral displays to beautify downtown, and yet charges nothing. It's not magic. It's the greenhouse project. It's real, it's growing, and it needs your help. Go online to carsoncitygreenhouse.org so together we can grow it forward. Everyone is talking about opioids, but they're not the only drugs that can be harmful if taken in large quantities or not as prescribed. You also need to be aware of side effects from anxiety drugs, muscle relaxants, sleep aids, and stimulants. Mixing prescription drugs with other drugs or alcohol can be dangerous. If you take an Ambien with a glass of wine, it may be enough to stop you from breathing. Prescribed drugs can be just as dangerous as illegal drugs. Take medications only as directed. Modern Boutique Ahern Hotel and Event Center sits at the heart of the Las Vegas Strip. Two floors of meeting and event space are ideal for groups and conventions. Stay in one of 200 luxurious rooms and suites. Brand your event throughout the property. 
Flexible event spaces make for easy planning and personalization. Take over the entire hotel with a full buyout option. You can find today's show or any of our past shows at NevadaNewsmakers.com. Thanks for watching and listening.